Welcome to On The Move from the Texas A&M Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management. In this episode, we hear from Dr. James Flucky about our kinesiology program and its benefits. Welcome to this episode of On The Move. I'm Chelsea Reber, and today I am joined by Dr. James Flucky. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for having me. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got to Texas A&M. Ooh, kind of an interesting story. Maybe. I think it's interesting because it is about me, I guess. But uh, yeah, I probably took a, a slightly different path than a traditional student. Um, my family owned and operated a construction business in New Mexico, and, and I thought that my lifelong ambition would be to run that company. And uh it was about 10 years after I graduated high school that I decided, you know, maybe I would like to try to get a little more of an education. So I went to my wife and said, hey, uh, they're offering an associate's degree down at the local community college in health and fitness, and I think I want to sign up and see what that's all about. Then the associate's degree basically turned into a bachelor's degree, and then the bachelor's degree turned into a master's degree, and then the master's degree on to a PhD. And everything was great through the undergrad because I could do that locally. We had a local university, local community college. And one day I went home and said, I need a master's degree. And, and she says, great, you can still work nights and go to school during the day. And I said, well, it's in, it's in Muncie, Indiana. And she's like, oh, oh, that's not a very good idea. But she championed the whole thing. Um, so I ended up going to Ball State and then a world famous human performance laboratory. And then I went on to Penn State for my PhD and then from there, uh, the next move is one that I think she even enjoyed. We went to Copenhagen, Denmark for a couple of years to work at the Copenhagen Muscle Research Center. And then came kind of back to the United States at East Carolina. And then I had my first real job was at the University of Arkansas Medical School. Um, and I was working with a colleague that was from Texas A&M on a project, um, a NASA project that she had funded. And uh, we had a discussion over dinner one night, and basically, you know, I told her, you know, that working at a medical school is great. I had all these research opportunities and stuff, but I was really missing an element of my training that I, I, I really felt the need to do, and that was teach. Mm. Um, so I was 100% research at the, at the medical school, and uh, so she said, hey, we have an opening down at Texas A&M University. You ought to check us out. Well, I did. And uh, I joke that it was my five-year plan. I was going to come to Texas A&M five years, and now I'm now I'm in my 18th year of that five-year oh, wow. plan. So uh, I've really enjoyed it here. I do want to go back to the very beginning of that answer. You mentioned going from construction and then deciding there's an associate's degree in health and fitness. What interests you about health and fitness from the very beginning? Ooh, ooh, this is going to be a really um, interesting answer, I think, but. Probably not uncommon for a, a relatively young male who's very interested in athletes and athletics. But there was a time I thought, I, I lived in a very small town in New Mexico, and they they had a health club, but it wasn't like a health club, right? Sure. So I'm thinking, wow, you know, I could read up on this stuff, and I could have my own health club. And I actually got to the point where I had investors. I had uh, my, my brother-in-law is like a, a world-class architect engineering firm, you know. And he put a whole bunch of donors together and said, hey, we'll put the money together. We'll build you your health club. And I said, fantastic. Let's do it. We had plans drawn up and everything. 
And in the very last minute, he came to me and said, you know, um, this is a big investment. We believe in you, but we think you need to have some kind of degree mm. in, you know, exercise science or, sure. you know, I said, this associates of technology degree in health and fitness, would that fit? Yeah. Great. I signed up like January. I learned about this over Christmas. I signed up on January and I'm going to go get my associate's degree and build a health club. Mm-hmm. Then that bug bit, that dis- just insatiable need to learn more and more. Mm-hmm. And so it, that whole concept of developing my own health club went away. And I just wanted to learn more and more about this field. And then eventually, you know, uh, I, I go <laughs> and get my PhD and, and, and let me just say one more thing that I went to my, we had a, a winter break high school reunion. This was my 10th reunion mm-hmm. and all my friends were coming back and they all had their degrees and all this good stuff, you know? And, and I'm like, you know, I, I really, I really think I need to go ahead and get this degree and stuff. And, and my proud moment is that I was living in Copenhagen, Denmark during my 20th anniversary, my, you know, the 20 the reunion. year yeah, yeah, reunion. Yeah. And so I got the traveled farthest award to go back to Clovis, New Mexico from, from Copenhagen, Denmark. And then I got the travel furthest award going from construction to a PhD in 10 years. Wow. And so, yeah, it was, it, it, the whole thing just evolved. Um, and, and it was kind of organic, but I, I really, and I still to this day have an insatiable need to understand more and more about what I do. So that's a perfect segue into my next question. A lot of people hear kinesiology and they think health club or athletics, Ooh, maybe, right? Yeah. What are some major misconceptions about your department? Yeah, perfect question for Texas A&M University in kinesiology and sport management. Um, I'm going to, I will not talk about sport management very much because that's an area of expertise I'm not familiar with, okay? Sure. But we have pockets of total excellence in that group. And we will have more episodes on this podcast uh, with sport management professors. Fantastic, because <laughs> they, they, are, they deserve to be heard. Sure. Um, this is, they are a fantastic group. Um, but speaking from the kinesiology side, um, you know, I think one of the biggest misconceptions, and you see this when we give tours of under, uh, high school students coming in, or even graduate uh, people going into graduate school, they come in and tour and they see what we have to offer. And, and you're right. It seems like most of the, of the audience out there would think of, you know, exercise physiology or kinesiology is, you know, how do you become a better fitness club instructor? And, 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 and we have that. And we have groups that can teach that extremely well. But with this group, um, we offer the, the scope and breadth and depth of expertise in our kinesiology group. I would say rivals anyone in the country. Mm. We have excellence in at all levels. We, an undergrad or a graduate student can come here and they can learn everything from the molecular cell culture level all the way up to full body human uh, experiments, right? And everything in between. And, and it's not just about exercise. Most of our expertise here, um, we look at disease states. We look at what happens when, when you become older and you start to lose muscle mass. How can you recover that muscle mass? What happens if, if you have a, a disease like muscular dystrophy? How does, that, how does it present? How can we fix it? How can we prevent it or reverse it? 
Um, I work with cancer. Um, we, and, and, you know, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about what I do, but bottom line is, you know, we, we find that there's stuff going on with exercise that might lead to advancing therapies for, for cancer. Um, so it's not just about exercise. It's, it's about all, it's about life in general and how maybe exercise can be implemented as a tool to benefit your life, you know, whether it's disease or disuse or, or aging, we cover the gambit. And, and again, we cover it from a cellular level all the way up to a full in-body experience. Um, and I don't know that there's too many programs like us out there. And it, it's breathtaking when these students come in and they go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you could do that. You guys can do this? Mm-hmm. I had no idea that's what kinesiology did. And, uh, and so I think, you know, it's, it's something that um, it's very uh, – that's a message we need to get out um, because, again, it's, it's, uh, it's a real enticement that some of the stuff that we do here, the tools, the training – you're not going to get it anywhere else. Mm -hmm. What is some research that's going on right now in the department that could be life-changing for people? Oh, well, I don't know where even, if I begin this deal, I don't know how long this podcast is going to go, (laughs) but for example, um, we have uh, a very well-funded researcher in our department who is one of the world's experts in muscular dystrophy. Okay. Um, and, and it's not just, you know, exercise for muscular dystrophy, but why does this, the, why does this, the, the muscles become dystrophic and they lose their integrity and their function? Um, they lose their mass, but why it happens, how to prevent it, what kind of pharmaceutical or, or small molecule interventions can maybe preserve muscle mass. And he's at the forefront of that. And, Mm -hmm. and he, he does a lot of NASA research and DOD research, Department of Defense research, um, that, that they're very interested in the same things, right? We have another individual, a, a brand new faculty member that's come to us who uses um, special matrix gels and okay. such mm-hmm. um, to, to rehabilitate people who might have muscle trauma. Mm. And they, they are doing some fantastic work um, yeah, in a kinesiology department, right? Right. Mm-hmm. We have another investigator who looks at the changes in the, the arterioles, these, these vessels that expand and, and they shrink in order to, to change blood flow and how that's affected by aging and what impact exercise might have on that mm-hmm. and how to mimic that when you can't do exercise. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, we, have a, we have another person that has uh, got a very big funded grant that's looking at particles that come out of your breath that might allow someone to know you are in a fatigue state. And this has got valuable interest for people in the military mm-hmm. when you're sending someone into battle. And you can monitor them remotely to find out if they're in a fatigue state and maybe need to back out. Whole new take okay. on a breathalyzer. Whole new, whole new take on a breathalyzer. My specific research is looking at, about a decade ago, we ran across some chemicals that come out of muscle while they're contracting, like something during exercise, okay, that when they come in contact with cells, cancer cells in your body, they slow the progression of that cancer. And so I would love to say, hey, go out and exercise all day and all night so you don't get any, you know, so that you can maybe reverse your cancer or slow it down. Mm-hmm. But that's not practical, sure. right? So now my lab is looking for these, how we can use these molecules to mimic what goes on 
and then create an environment in the cancer cell to slow it down. Mm. Um, and it's, it's been largely successful. In fact, kind of a, uh, it was kind of surprising. Okay. Uh, yeah. some of the stuff that we're doing has maybe some real potential for therapies in the future for anti-cancer again in a kinesiology group. So, um, I think what people need to understand about our group is that, you know, we, we all have exercise training in our backgrounds, but we're all also trained as physiologists and biochemists, molecular biologists. Um, and, and you don't see that necessarily in all of the other national type departments or equivalent departments. In what way is the kinesiology and sport management department different from others on campus here at Texas A&M? Well, we're very big. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, You know, I I think, you know, we, the health group moved into the School of Public Health. And at that time, we were either the largest or second largest department on campus. Mm -hmm. We were like our own little college, in fact. Um, So with health moving out, you know, we're still a very large uh, department. We are a little bit different than the other departments in our School of Education and Human Development, um, but I think that's a strength. I think that makes us really unique. Um, the, the other departments on campus, um, they do have areas of, of um, you know, they're either general or they are very, they're too focused, right? And mm-hmm. I think we have the whole spectrum. I think we can go from more general things all the way down to the very specific um, stuff that we do for our research. You mentioned something earlier about what you weren't getting when you were at the medical school, and that was the opportunity to really teach. What has your experience been like with students since coming to Texas A&M? Okay, so day one, when I, I, I didn't get to teach the first two years I was here because I was on a really cool grant that, that actually prohibited me from teaching. I had to buy out of my classes. It was an NIH-type grant. Okay. And uh, But then when I began to start teaching, so I've, uh, the thing you should know is that the only courses I have ever taught on this campus were senior level exercise physiology courses. So I see our kids after they've been trained, which is fantastic because they come in with a whole toolkit sure. uh, in their belt that, you know, I can really hit the ground running with these kids because they've got all the basics. You're not coaching peewee football. No, You're coaching no, like they, division they, they, one they, yeah. football. And, 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 <laughs> you know, it's, it's a, my big joke with them all the time is, you know, Thanksgiving break comes up and I say, you know, you know what comes up after Thanksgiving? And they're all thinking, uh, Christmas? Right. No. Right. Hmm. What? May. And it's that first notice that they go, Oh, I'm a senior. Mm-hmm. This is my last, you know, full year. I'm going to go into the real world. But you know what? Our students are really equipped for that. Mm -hmm. Okay. But to get back to it, um, bottom line is I I teach these senior kids and then I teach the first year graduate students when they come into the program because we have, it's the two required courses. Um, The senior exercise physiology is required by our majors. And then this master's program slash PhD program, it's the required physiology course. It's a muscle physiology. And so these, these, these kids come in and, you know, they're, they're either the smartest that we have or we only recruit the smartest that we can bring in for sure. our graduate program. And it's invigorating. It, it, it absolutely is invigorating that I get to teach them my passion, which is in most cases muscle physiology. Um, but they're at a level where they get it and they're asking fantastic questions. And it, I have a very interactive course. If anybody's ever sent in on one of my courses, I let the students direct where we go, okay? And I think that's a, it's a fantastic experience. And from day one until 
last fall, I still get up in the morning excited about the prospect of standing in front of a classroom um, and working with these students. And I think it's because they have the... Now, maybe my perspective would change if I was teaching a lot of freshmen or sophomores, but that's not the case. And and I really, really value those experiences. And um, this is the first time my class would have been tonight. This will be the first time since I've been here that I'm not teaching it because I moved over into the dean's office. Oh, and that okay. was a little, it's a little bittersweet. It's like, yeah. ooh, ooh, I'm giving up my baby, you right. know, my graduate right. class. So, mm-hmm. But it's in very good hands with another colleague who, who can teach it probably better than I can, but I don't <laughs> want to hear it from the students. <laughs> you obviously care a lot about your students and their futures. Um, for any students that are listening right now to this episode, what's a piece of advice that you would like to share? Ooh, ah, good one. Um, so I think the, the, the hallmark of life is follow your passion. Um, be passionate about what you do. Um, and, and I think what's, what, you know, to hand off to the students, if, if this isn't your passion, find your passion. Uh, when I was in construction, I remember my brother-in-law pulling aside and said, you do construction really well, but is it your passion? Go find your passion. Little did he know I was leaving the company so I could go follow my passion um, and, and be in the field that I am now. But I think that's really important. Um, I, I get a kick out of, you know, I'll, I'll hear a, a, a 22-year-old senior going, oh, Dr. Flucky, I, I've done this for four years and my parents have helped put me through screw. And I just, oh, man, my life is over because I just don't think this is what I want to do in my life or what am I going to do? And I was going to say, stop, you're talking to the wrong person. I started school when I was 27, okay, which means you're 22. You could do a whole other degree to find your passion and still be younger than I was when I started college. Mm. And I think it puts a different perspective on things. I think it's, it's, it's that moment where, you know, you basically, if you love it, pursue it. And if you don't, find something you love. I think there's still that pressure for so many students to have it all figured out by the time they graduate. And like you said, a lot of them are graduating at 22 years old. And <laughs> you, you know, you started um, school, you know, again, back when it wasn't maybe necessarily normal to go back and start over, so to say. So yeah, I feel like you I, have a lot of experience and advice on that particular topic. Well, thank you for that. Um, you know, it's, it's funny because um, I, I had no idea I was going to go back to college, you know, through the whole time I was doing construction. Sure. And I got to tell you, it wasn't any fun for any of my fellow undergrads at undergrad because they might have been there to, to get their degree, um, and mom and dad may have been paying for it or, or whatever, but they, I was there to study. And they'd see me in their class and go, oh, there's no curve in this class. <laughs> and they were right. I was not going to give them the benefit of a curve, okay? I was, I was there to learn everything I could learn. To be honest with you, I was not ready at 18 years old to go to college. I could have done it. I think mm-hmm. I would have done well. But I'd have probably done it all over again until I found my passion, right? Um, and so I, I think the advice is, and, and, and granted, you're right, there's a lot of pressure. I mean, the, the bachelor's degree nowadays is the equivalent of the high school degree. Basically, when I was back in the day, if you don't have your bachelor's degree, it's very hard to get your foot in that door. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
But I got to tell you one thing, you know, this is a major plug for Texas A&M University. The one thing that TAMU can give you right now is a foot in any door in this country. Okay. And I tell my students, your foot will be in the door. Thank you for coming to Texas A&M. It's my job as your instructor or your professor to make sure you can keep that foot in that door. Mm -hmm. um, so the A&M will get you where you need to go, but it's our job to make sure that you have the talent, expertise, intellect, whatever, to make sure that you keep that job. You have been granted so many opportunities within your career and, and what you've done. You mentioned living in Denmark and then teaching at the medical school and here at Texas A&M, uh, and now even this move into the dean's office. What's next for you? Oh, slow down on, <laughs> on any transitions in life. I need to, I, I, it's funny because I, I would have never dreamed I'd agree to becoming, it's the associate dean of research. Um, I never dreamed I would want to do that. Um, but I'm at a point in my career, you know, I have a, a very senior lab They're you know, they're, they're very gifted PhD students and they're toward the end of their, uh, matriculation point. Um, but I was, I wanted a new challenge, you know, and, and I'm still allowed to do my research, but I wanted a new challenge and I actually welcome the opportunity to, to try the administrative hat just a little bit. And I think it's been far more gratifying than I thought it was going to be. Um, so, you know, hopefully I'll be able to stick around in that position for a little while, but, uh, yeah, I, I, do I have any other aspirations as far as administration or anything? No, I don't, I don't think I do. Um, but I, I have really enjoyed the last six months of my life doing the, the associate dean of research role. Um, I, th I think it's been very gratifying. Well, Dr. Flucky, it has been very lovely to have you on the episode today. Is there anything else you would like to share? I appreciate the opportunity to do this. I, I think that um, it's important for KNSM to get the message out at, at what we do, and uh, hopefully this will be helpful. All right. Well, yep. thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to On The Move. You can catch our episodes while you're on the move by going to Spotify, Apple, or Google. And to learn more about the Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management, head to knsm.tamu.edu. The Department of Kinesiology and Sport Management is part of the School of Education and Human Development at Texas A&M University, where we transform lives.